this is Bo Bridges, and you're listening to TV Confidential. We have an experience today that really is, is touching to me. Right here on my right, I have a young man named Steve Peters, and I'd like to introduce you to Steve. Steve is a patient of AIDS, and he so generously allowed us to talk to him today. Steve, it's so nice to see you, and I want to thank you from the bottom of our heart for agreeing to do this today. It's I, my pleasure. Well, I know it must have taken a lot of courage, and uh, you're a courageous young man, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Steve, at what time of your life did you feel like, like you were different? Like, did, you, did you feel like maybe you weren't like some of the other guys? I knew that I, I uh, was different from the time that I was about three. Ed and, Robertson, uh, welcome you back I grew up feeling to TV Confidential, like radio talk show about I, um, television that will uh, shift gears this segment and I as we welcome Reverend Steve Peters. If you don't know and, uh, Steve's story, Peter Pan was my it's pretty remarkable. Story. Forty years ago, yeah, Steve was diagnosed with two kinds of cancer and full-blown AIDS and was given eight months to live. While Steve's cancers went into remission in 1985. He nearly died again that year while being treated with Suramin, the first antiviral drug trial. With no treatments available when he was initially diagnosed, Steve devised his own plan to beat AIDS by combining prayer, meditation, exercise, nutrition, laughter, including specifically watching a lot of episodes of I Love Lucy, music, and a little bit of fairy dust, and he has remained cancer-free ever since. In the world of popular culture, Steve is probably best known for an interview that he gave Tammy Faye Baker in 1985 while he was recovering from the effects of Suramin that not only discussed and dispelled the myths surrounding HIV and AIDS, but marked the first time that a televangelist gave an affirming interview with a gay man living with AIDS. Steve's interview with Tammy Faye Baker is reenacted in a new movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye that will be released on Friday, September 17th. Steve Peters, welcome to our program. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I will admit, when I think of Tammy Faye Baker, I think of the eye makeup, I think of the caricature. I don't always. I don't always think of the person. You knew the person, and I watched the interview from 1985 last night for the very first time and was amazed at how human it was and is for both of you. Yes. Well, I you know I think that she has suffered from uh, caricature, and uh, her image has, and and. Uh, I found her to be an extraordinarily compassionate, understanding person who who was very affirming of me and my lifestyle or my sexual orientation uh, and my disease. She knew the right questions to ask for her audience, and uh, I hope that I helped her understand, as well as her audience, uh, what it was like to be a gay man with AIDS in, 19, in the early 80s and mid-80s. How did you first come across her? Well, uh, I had seen her on TV, certainly. I wa I'd watched it with kind of my... I was kind of slack-jawed 
with disbelief over some of their shenanigans on the Jim and Tammy PTL flagship show. But uh, then in the fall of 85, uh, she was trying to find somebody to interview, a gay man with AIDS, and uh, she found me. Uh, her producers found me through a friend of mine, Reverend Ken South, at, at AIDS Project Atlanta, or AIDS Atlanta. He directed them to me, and I talked to her producer, and I said, look, I want this to go out live. I don't want uh, you trying to, you know, edit it for your purposes and, and uh, you know, thinking that she might try to... Uh, you know, make me sound as if I were a repentant homosexual, <laughs> trying to be a heterosexual so that I could survive AIDS. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. That was not where I wanted to go. And so I was very clear about that. And she and her producer said, no problem. You know, we, we, uh, we'll do it live. And, and uh, so it was set up. And the first time I actually talked to Tammy was three minutes before the actual interview. I was in a studio here in L.A., a uh, TV studio with no monitor. I couldn't see her, but I had an earpiece and a microphone and uh, looked into a camera, and she could see me. And so we talked for about 25 minutes, but in that first three minutes before the interview began, uh, she just was so grateful to me for coming on her show and and said what courage it took for me to do this and, you know, understood that it, it, I might have some misconceptions about how she might feel about it. And, you know, she also said, this is Tammy's house party and uh, it's the Phil Donahue show of the PTL network. And for those who might not remember, Phil Donahue was a talk show host, very, very popular talk show host who talked about the issues. And she said, we're going to talk about the issues. We don't have to talk about Jesus. Uh, but then a few minutes into the interview, she started talking about Jesus. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll join in. I'll talk about Jesus, too. And uh, so that's how that happened. It is as compassionate an interview I have ever seen. I mean, she's clearly trying to understand for herself and for the benefit of her audience something, I mean, several realities that yes. I imagine for her were, were incomprehensible. I, I'm told that she, you know, was aware of gay men in her life and, uh, that, you know, that they were probably pretty closeted, but you know, she wasn't naive to the fact that there were gay men in the world. And uh, I think that she probably uh, also was uh, perhaps trying to work out issues in her own marriage, uh, as the film hints at, uh, and, uh, there, you know, it was thought at the time that, uh, Jim Baker had a few homosexual, uh, liaisons, and so she might have been trying to work that out in her own mind as to why that had happened in her marriage, um, but, uh, I don't know that for sure. But I've heard speculation to that effect from people who might know pretty well, better than I. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, so, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons she was so insistent on my saying, what made you think that you uh, were a homosexual and why there was no hope for being straight, you know, and all of that. And it was just, it, 
it was the right questions for her audience and probably for her too. On the line with us is the Reverend Steve Peters. Steve's interview with Tammy Faye Baker in 1985 not only discussed and dispelled the myths surrounding HIV and AIDS, but marked the first time that a televangelist gave an affirming interview with a gay man living with AIDS. Steve's interview with Tammy Faye Baker is reenacted in a new movie called The Eyes of Tammy Faye that is scheduled for release on Friday, September 17th. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. It is almost like a public service announcement in many ways for the reasons you just discussed. And not only that, it is timeless. Yes, it was done 40 years ago, but the questions she asked and the information you conveyed in the course of those 25 minutes, they're timeless and they they can reach out, they, they can answer questions for anybody. Regardless uh, of when they watch it, well, I, I think there was a, a, a real universality to the interview that uh, is one of the reasons why it's stuck in the public imagination, in the culture uh, of our times, um, and why it's part of this movie that's coming out, which um, is going to be great. I saw it a, a few weeks ago, and it is terrific. Jessica Chastain is fantastic as uh, Tammy Faye Baker. It's just amazing performance. And um, Randy Havens from uh, TV's Stranger Things plays me. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of surreal to see my words spoken by an actor on screen. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, understand, I understand a little bit about that from the print point of view because I've worked with a number of people who've worked on memoirs and it can be very strange to kind of look back at your life. And not only did I do all these things, but if I didn't do all these things, I wouldn't be where I am today. I mean, we don't always examine the story arc of our lives, the way, the way a memoir will allow us to do this or, or, or the way a dramatic film, if you're, if if you're part of that backstory, I mean, uh, yeah. will 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 enable you to do this. Did did you work with the screenwriters and uh, to to get certain details right? No, no, not at all. Uh, the screenwriter was a, a, a very talented man named Abe Silvio, and I did not know him at the time that he wrote the film. Uh, but uh, he subsequently contacted me and said that he hoped that the film did me proud, I think is the way he put it, and it did indeed. And uh, I was not involved in the filmmaking at all. Uh, they, I didn't even know that it was being made until after the filming was finished. It was in post-production when I found out about it. And I was amazed and, <laughs> and thrilled to find out that, that it, it was a turning point in the film. It was used as a, a significant turning point. And uh, of course, the whole 24 minutes, 25 minutes of the interview is not in the film. Uh, they pick out a couple of choice moments that uh, make an impact on the storyline of the film. So uh, it was very effectively used, and I was thrilled with it. And I'm very glad that, that they captured the essence of the interview, which is the humanity that comes across be- between the two of you in the, in the course of that 25-minute conversation. The entire interview with Steve and Tammy Faye Baker uh, from 19, 
85 is available for free on YouTube if you've never had a chance to see it and would like to see it before you see the eyes of Tammy Fave. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it is remarkable half an hour of television. Steve Peters is on the line with us. Steve's story um, is part of the backdrop of The Eyes of Tammy Faye, new biopic starring Jessica Chastain that is scheduled for release on Friday, September 17th. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you besides the Tammy Faye angle, Steve, is you have no way of knowing this. Years ago, I worked with a man named Harold Benjamin. Uh, who, uh-huh. who uh, for the benefit of our listeners who don't know the name, Harold Benjamin started the wellness community. The wellness community was one of the first organizations that really kind of changed the way uh, we approach living with cancer. And, uh, it, it, it yeah. changed, it, and it was very, very revolutionary in medical treatment and in changing the relationship between patient and doctor. And I don't know whether, I don't know whether you ever met Harold Benjamin or not, but many many of the things that you did independently are what he encouraged cancer patients to do when they were diagnosed. I mean, you took control of your situation and you formed your own diagnosis. Well, let's put it this way. There was nothing written back when I was diagnosed with AIDS Mm -hmm. about surviving AIDS. Nothing. Uh, Everybody died, or so we thought. But uh, my doctor said, there's no 100% in medicine, so not everybody is going to die from AIDS. And if one in a million survive it, why not believe that you're that one in a million and act accordingly? So I set out to create my own wellness program, and I read a lot of books by uh, one by the Simontons um, about uh, getting well again and, uh, uh, oh, just beyond the relaxation response and, and uh, any number of different books, and Norman Cousins, Anatomy of an Illness, mm-hmm. uh, and they all helped me formulate my own wellness plan for getting well living with AIDS. And uh, by 1987, I had fully recovered from uh, not only the series of severe illnesses that I had from 82 to 87, but also from the severe side effects of Suramins antiviral drug trial. We mentioned that the interview with Tammy Faye was done via satellite, and um, yeah. although I understand, I mean, she, she says this on the air, so I, I will take her for her word. I understand she wanted, if possible, to make it an in-person interview, because that would be a whole different dynamic, but because of certain realities at, at the time, which is the fact that you were, you were recovering <laughs> from serious illness as a result of Sarah, yeah. it was done via satellite. But in other words, she made an effort to accommodate you to, to the extent you could. I understand that other interviews that you've done at the time were not as accommodating. That's part of the stigma that, that you had to live with at the time. Well, actually, uh, the, the little-known fact is that she had... Her producers had sent me two first-class airplane tickets to Charlotte to bring me there in person along with an aide to help me because I was so sick at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they canceled uh, and uh, had me send the tickets back just as we were headed out the door to the airport. And so I was going to go and, okay. and do it in person, but they decided that uh, they were going to do the first-ever satellite hookup that PTL had ever done. And... 
I later found out that probably the reason why they didn't want me to come and be in person was because they were afraid of how I would be treated by the Heritage Village hotel staff, and and they were worried that the, their crew wouldn't work if I came into the studio um, because there was still a lot of fear about how AIDS was transmitted, uh, in spite of the fact that we knew better by then. But, uh, uh, yeah, I had any number of experiences where I was interviewed in, in an alley beside the AIDS Project Los Angeles uh, about having AIDS uh, while there were you know, the interviewer was sitting in a comfortable studio where the camera crew wouldn't work if I came into the studio. And if and when we were done with the interview, I would hand back, I'd start to hand back the, the earpiece and the microphone, and the, the crew would go, oh, no, 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 you, you hang on to that. You throw it away. Uh, we don't want it anymore. You can, you can have it. So <laughs> I have a collection of earpieces and microphones <laughs> from those interviews. <laughs> I, 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 listening to you, I can only shake my head because I, because I look, I, I, I know of, I understand the realities you're talking about, but still, it amazes me that you and other people had to go through that because of the fear and the stigma involved. Right, I know it was just, and and it was fear. Uh, it was just fear. People were afraid of coming near me uh, as a person with AIDS. They were afraid of breathing the same air, and they were afraid of touching the surfaces I touched, uh, let alone touching me. I mean, nobody shook my hand in those days, let alone hugged me, except for people who knew better, you know, <laughs> and uh, thank God for all of them. There was a lot of fear. Yeah, and the fear of the stigmata, at least for me, kind of Watching the interview last night was even more surreal, given that we're you know, I'm, I'm watching it in a time of COVID, when in some respects right. the same fear and you know anxieties about you know, do I breathe on this person do I do I wear my mask or what I mean we're it's not not quite full circle but but the same realities are are, are at play. No, there are a lot of parallels between the early years of the AIDS crisis that I lived through mm-hmm. and the current COVID. Uh, pandemic, uh, the parallels are uncanny sometimes to those of us who lived through the AIDS era, the worst of the AIDS era, I should say. Uh, the, I mean, the fear, the stigma, the the isolation, all of that is so similar. And facing terminal illness or potentially terminal illness is terribly difficult for anybody. Mm-hmm. If be it in a loved one or in yourself, being diagnosed with a life-threatening cancer or a supposedly terminal leukemia or, or uh, you know, Parkinson's or any number of different diseases, it's scary just in and of itself for the person who has it, let alone the loved ones around that person. And then you add the all the unknowns that are for COVID or that were true through the first year or so of COVID and the unknowns that were present in the first years of the AIDS crisis. There was a lot of fear to go around. But I, I'm a firm believer, you know, I'm a minister and, and I believe that we have a choice about what to do with our fear. In my spiritual life, I like to say that, that uh, we have a choice. We can be scared to death or we can be scared to life. Mm-hmm. We can let our fear paralyze us, 
or we can let it motivate us to do the work of healing. Uh, and so I, I try to encourage people to be scared for life. On the line with us is the Reverend Steve Peters. Steve was one of the first non-celebrity figures to be identified with AIDS in the early 1980s. His interview with Tammy Faye Baker in 1985 not only discussed and dispelled many of the myths surrounding AIDS, but changed his life as well as Tammy Faye Baker's life. Steve's story is part of the backdrop of The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which opens on Friday, September 17th. Steve mentioned he is a minister. One of the byproducts of being a minister in Los Angeles is that sometimes circumstances present themselves where you meet celebrities. In Steve's case, those celebrities include Elizabeth Taylor and Lucille Ball. We'll ask Steve to share those stories and more when we continue our conversation with Steve Peters here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.